A few of you may be familiar with the popular hymn, In the Bulb There is a Flower. The first stanza goes like this. In the bulb there is a flower, in the seed an apple tree, in cocoons a hidden promise, butterflies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter, there's a spring that waits to be unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. When we see a bulb, we do not see the flower that is to be. We just see what many may call a boring bulb. You can hold it in your hand, looks nothing like a flower. When we see a seed, it may not look like anything special, but we plant it because we know that in enough time, it might blossom into something as wonderful as an apple tree. We believe in its potential to grow into something special. We might not see it now, but we trust that God will use time to make things work out. When we see a cocoon, we know about God's promise to make a butterfly. When we are stuck in the cold and the snow of winter, we hope in the spring to come because we know that warm weather is just around the corner, even when we still deal with occasional 40-degree highs in the first week of May. We know that spring, that warm weather, is around the corner. We can still hope and know with complete confidence that it's going to happen. These promises lie in wait, unrevealed until the season they are met for. When Jesus was at the wedding with Cana, in Cana with his mother Mary, she told him that they had run out of wine. He asked his mother, what does this have to do with me? He tells her, my time has not yet come. He notes essentially that he was still unrevealed to the many, waiting for the appropriate time which is ordained by God himself. Sometimes we want to know everything all at once, and we want everything fixed exactly as we would want it, all done at once. But sometimes we need to wait when God says wait. God says, trust me, And believe in me, for the time is coming when these things will be revealed. I hope that reviewing the Lord's Prayer these last nine weeks has been enlightening and encouraging for you, those who have journeyed with us all those nine weeks. The disciples were encouraged to pray like this, for a reason. 
We still pray like this today, reminding ourselves of the things that Jesus taught us. It is such an important prayer that we should not be satisfied by just repeating the words every Sunday. I don't know who I would be preaching to in this case, but for some of us, I know that it has become a routine. It has for me many times. It has just become a routine. There are words that we say, and we may not think about what exactly we are saying. It has become as routine as brushing our teeth in the morning. We just something that we do from week to week. Well, hopefully we brush our teeth more than once a week. We do that daily. <laughs> but we do the action and do not think about it. One of the suggestions that uh, Hamilton, one who've been following through through his book series that I've been following, uh, has been for us. One of his suggestions is to combat, to combat this routine, this feeling of routine, is to avoid praying the Lord's Prayer all at once. Don't just go through and say all the words, but, but give some time in between. Think about, think about the phrases in between. He suggests breaking it up into perhaps seven phrases. We broke it up into nine But uh, if you break it up into seven phrases, he suggests that you can meditate on one for each day of the week. During the prayer time that you carve out during your day. It is his hope and also my hope that by inviting you to pray the Lord's Prayer daily, it might come to be inscribed in your heart. It might shape your life and it will become one of the anchors of your soul. Isn't that beautiful language? An anchor to your soul. Will you ask yourself daily, how will I hallow God's name today? Or how can I forgive someone's debt or trespass against me? The last phrase of the Lord's Prayer which we come to today is a statement of our faith. Because yours, because yours, is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, O God. I know that you are with me, and you hear my prayer. I know that you are able to provide for my daily needs, my daily bread. I know that you can rescue us from evil and not lead me into temptation. I know that you can forgive the debts that imprison us, freeing us to spread that forgiveness to others. I would not be confident of these things if we did not live in your kingdom, and you were not in power, and you did not have the glory that you have. It is because this is your kingdom that I can be rescued and led into the right path, not into temptation. I am so, so thankful that thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I do not know what I would do if this were not the case. 
there would be no salvation. There would be no hope for escape. But there is salvation. There is hope for escape. Jesus told the disciples, as recorded in John 14, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. We are not the only ones whose hearts are troubled by the things we see in the world or hate at times prevailing over love. Jesus told them, just as he tells us, do not let your hearts be troubled. I am here. My kingdom is here. My power is here. God's glory is here. He is here. The psalmist in Psalm 31 cries, My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and my persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. When our times may seem insecure, as they do all too often, we can give our times over to God. Give our times over to God. We can believe in God's power to make things better. Believe that God's kingdom is working things out for good. Believe that in all, God will still be glorified. We believe in the glory that God has already received from making things better time and time again. We can reflect when we think that uh, God may not be making things better when we're waiting, when we're in the season of waiting. One thing that I actually heard um, on the radio this week that I thought was a good reflection, we can we can think about the things we prayed for that we now have. And think, thinking about that, thinking about the things that we did pray for that we now have, renews our confidence in God making things better and in God, God's glory being revealed through, through that happening. We just need to somehow believe that this is possible. That God's kingdom and power and glory here on earth are a real thing. Again, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. He just says all you need to do is believe in me. Believe in me. Are these things easier said than done? I am telling you that we just need to somehow believe that it is possible. Somehow believe that God's kingdom and power and glory are right here with us right now. But sometimes that feeling of insecurity might trump that feeling. 
We don't want it to, but sometimes we can't help it. What if you are in a space right now when you do not believe? What if you are in a season where you are experiencing doubts? Is this really God's kingdom? Does God really have power and control here? Or has he lost it? Is God's name really being glorified? Does he have glory? It seems to be that the things happening in his world, his churches, and among his people is having the opposite effect of glorifying God's name. First, know that it is natural to have these doubts, especially when you are in a season of trial. We all go through the season of trial, so you can, should not be ashamed for those seasons of trial and those seasons of doubt either. If you think that you cannot be Christian, if you are in this space of thought, or a good enough Christian, I'll remind you that Peter did not want to step off the boat even when Jesus was right there next to him. And then Jesus used Peter to build the foundation of his church. Whatever space you are in right now, he understands you. He hears you. He knows why you feel the way that you do. This has given me confidence in my own situation as well. As I try to make informed decisions about the coming months with so little information, I experience trials of doubt. It is hard to see God's kingdom when I am amid a storm. But I still come back to working on the Lord's Prayer each week, week after week, and somehow opening the Bible and reading the words of the prayers help restore me each time. God instilled confidence in me. You may not see it now, but it will work out. Your times are in my hand. Do not be troubled. I am here and I love you. I give that same blessing for you today. Your times are in God's hands. God will uphold you as a community of faith, even if it may be hard to see at times. God will uphold you also as individuals of faith, because he sees and understands your hearts. Do not be troubled. God loves you. God is here. We acknowledge God's kingdom. Jesus is bringing God's kingdom here on earth. To that kingdom, we give our pledge and allegiance. We pray, may your rule and reign come in my life, in the lives of your people. Thine is the kingdom. We acknowledge God's power. 
God is the power by which all things exist. God spoke and things came into being. Jesus also promised that the Holy Spirit would give us power. He said that if we believe, we will be able to do the same works that Jesus did on earth. We are also given the power to influence others. Let us use that influence well. Thine is the power. And we acknowledge God's glory. This is the glory the disciples witnessed on Mount Tabor on the day of the transfiguration. It is the glory by which Jesus ascended into heaven after appearing to the disciples following the resurrection. It is the glory by which Elijah rode a chariot into the clouds. We are witnesses to God's glory in these various deeds and in our own experiences of God bringing us out of places where we do not want to be. We bring honor and glory to God in the eyes of others by the way we live. We do not seek to bring glory to ourselves, but to God. Thine is the glory. At the beginning, when I refer to the song, In the Bulb There is a Flower, I noted that we believe in its potential to grow into something special. We believe in its potential to grow into something special. God uses that potential. God may not cause every circumstance, but God does use every circumstance for good. If you do not believe in yourself, know that God will use your imperfection to grow you into something special. Even if you have already been around the block a time or two, God is still working on you. Even if you are discouraged because you feel that you should be better at this whole faith thing by now, know that in working on you, God never made you any less human. God expects effort and renewing, but not perfection. We are cut down, and we say, that's it, I'm done. But it's not the end. For the Bible tells us that God can bring beauty out of ashes. When I was at uh, Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore last week, I did not have a great experience. Staff was not helpful and trails were not well marked. And I could not follow the trail that I was trying to hike on. Had to use some of my navigation skills to get out of that trail and find the way where I was supposed to go. But at the end of the day, I took some time just trying to stop to, to, trying to, stop 
the rush of trying to get somewhere else or see something from a new angle. I have reached a point now where even the smallest disappointments have the power to disrupt the atmosphere of peace that I am working on trying to work so hard on trying to sustain. I didn't say that right. Sometimes you reach the point where even the smallest disappointments have the power to disrupt your peace when you're trying so hard to maintain, to sustain that peace. And it's always taken a lot for me to get to that point, but I realized that I was starting to get to that point where the magnitude of disruptions to that peace work together. Well, I paused at, at the at pictured rocks when I reached Miner's Beach as I waited for the sun to set over Lake Superior. And these words came to my mind. Praise be your name for the beauty of rocks and sand and ocean and breeze. It was simple, yet beautiful. I felt God in that moment telling me that everything will be okay. To trust in God's timing. To see his kingdom, I only had to stop rushing. To feel his power, I just had to listen to the sea. To appreciate his glory and to give glory, I only had to pause and say, wow, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. I actually took a moment to stop rushing through travels and just relax by the sound of the sea for Lake Superior truly is a sea. And it's moments like this, too, that give us our peace back, where it may be so hard to sustain our peace, that we have so much disrupting our peace and our joy. But it's moments like this where we take a step back to truly see, appreciate being in God's kingdom. To feel His power. And we won't feel these things just by forcing ourselves to feel it, by telling ourselves we should feel it. We feel it by making time for peace. I pray blessings on each of you as you seek and feel confidence through God's kingdom and power and glory forever. May all honor and glory be to God. Thanks be to God. And amen.